Hi, this is Nancy Miller with My Creative Life, and today I am interviewing Heather Teets, who is an amazing children's book author that I have had the pleasure of working with professionally. Um, I happen to be the illustrator on her book, Yes, Jesus Loves You, and also Rockabye Baby Jesus, but she is on her own, just has many other books that she has also written, but today I'm interviewing her, and so thank you, Heather, for being on my podcast today. Thank you. So, I'm glad to be here. I know, and we haven't had a chance to talk in some time, and um, so it's great to um, hear from you again. Um, and I would like, if you don't mind, just kind of maybe a little bit more detail about you to the audience. Uh, all right. Um, well, I'm an author. I, I guess we already know that, but I'm, I'm also a mom. There's got to be more so that I know what to write about. Um, um, so I have my four children, and um, I have a background in teaching. I was a teacher, elementary school teacher, for a number of years before I had my my kids. Um, and so that, as well, has an influence on um, what I enjoy writing about. Um, and currently, um, uh, I guess once a teacher, you're always a teacher. So even though I'm not in the classroom at a school, I um, I teach piano at my home. That's what I do all day long. In between laundry and cooking <laughs> is teaching piano lessons, um, primarily uh, to young students. I, I have them as young as three. Wow. And um, um, I have all ages, but I prefer the brand new ones that don't know anything about uh, piano that's my favorite oh, wow. um and then of course I write wonderful well I wanted to kind of take you back to probably the first time you remember maybe when you felt like you were a writer or you thought about wow I, I did a great job writing this <laughs> um well let's see I I think my love of writing started really when I was in fourth grade um I can't remember my teacher her name, but I recall that she did a unit on poetry, and it was the first time I think I'd ever, I'd ever been exposed to poetry before. And we did, you know, I remember haikus and different types of um, forms of poetry, and she just turned me on to words. I really fell in love with with words at that time, and then I would. I would write. I took a notepad around with me everywhere, and I was always messing around with making words rhyme and trying to describe things with metaphors, and it was just like another toy to me, playing around with words. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I was curious, because a lot of my other people that I've interviewed, they also, uh, some, besides getting reinforced outside of maybe home, but sometimes it's also people in your family that may have seen that you had a talent for words and um, mixing them together that did, did your family also encourage you in that direction? Um, yeah, they, they, they let me, um, let's <laughs> say they, um, my mom, my mom was a teacher at one point of science actually. Um, but she was very meticulous about, um, my writing when it came to homework and honestly I don't remember her looking over my math or history or anything else but anytime I had essays to write for school 
papers of any sort. I don't remember her picking through my poetry, but she would go crazy on it with her red pen. <laughs> um, and then I would, I learned to reword things so they sounded better. And I, you know, she corrected my spelling. I, I always had trouble with spelling as a kid. Um, but I love the movement of the words, even though the mechanics were troublesome. But through my mom's editing of everything I wrote up through high school, she really taught me um, the the details of writing along with, you know, what I already wanted to do. Oh, that's wonderful. And so, like, later on, as you, you know, were, say, like, in college and you were in it, sounds like, you know, you were studying to be a teacher, um, was that something in the back of your mind that maybe writing was something that you could also, you know, your love of writing, bring that into, you know, as a possible career? You know, um, as a kid, I remember there was a time when there was an assignment I had to do where I had to make a timeline of my life. And um, I don't know what grade I was in, but I know I had written in there uh, what years I was going to have kids <laughs> and what they were going to be. And I had written what year I was going to become an author as though oh. you could pick that day. Yeah. Um, unlike other professions, you, you just don't get to pick when that happens. But I think I had decided at 24, that was going to be my time. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know what provoked me to write that, but um, I wanted to be a writer that wrote professionally since I was young. Um, Great. Yeah, it's funny when you mentioned that you you kind of wrote down when you were going to be a writer. It's funny, like, I look back on when I was going to become a, you know, I, I'd gone to SCAD, I'd finished with my bachelor's in illustration degree, and I was working, like, at a sign shop, of all things, and I was like, I really want to do children's book, and because it was one of my coworkers, he asked me, so what do you really want to do, because this is probably not what you want to do, and I said, well, I really would like to be a children's book illustrator. And as soon as I kind of said it, I mean, I'd always kind of known, like, that was something I was interested in. And um, this, the things that I was drawing kind of leaned towards that direction. But when he kind of put me on the spot there, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And I'm going to do that. And I kind of was like, I, I knew that it was probably going to take a while because it seems like it's very competitive. But I knew, like, I was like, you know, I'm going to get there. I know that before I die or, or pass on, I'll have accomplished that on my little bucket list. So, and it ended up happening, but it was a lot of um, effort and hard work. I think, because um, did you, what was the first thing that you had published? Oh, good question. Um... You know what? There was an anthology that was put out when I was a kid. And one of the poems I had written for school, if I remember correctly, I think it was called, gosh, you're really going back into my memory. I think it was called What Sparks My Imagination. And I can still kind of remember part of it. Um, I think it was like in fifth grade or something. Wow. It was submitted and it got put in an anthology. Yeah. From a parent's perspective now, I think the whole purpose of the anthology was to make parents purchase books <laughs> so this company can make money. But, but regardless, it got it got published in this um, this thick book of uh, of poetry. Oh. 
Um, and I don't have it, but uh, that was a long time ago. I think that was the very first thing as a as a kid. Um, and then I, I had things published at high school in the newspaper. I had written some poems that made it into the school paper. Um, do you want to, you're talking about professionally? And also, prof- yeah, and professionally. What was the first um, book that you had um, published? Uh, my first book that I had done was, um, is Yes, Jesus Loves You. But I have to add, prior to the book, um, I had several magazines that I was pursuing. Wow. Somebody had given me the good advice that before you can really get into the publishing market for books, you should really like fine tune your writing and get known with um, magazine publishers. Mm. And it's maybe it's the same even for illustrating. Um, I, maybe I've heard that as well. So I. Um, I looked into writing for several small uh, publishing houses, and then I tried my hand at Spider Magazine, and I got um, one or two things published in Spider Magazine and Family Fun Magazine. I had something uh, published there, and then a few other smaller magazines. And then from there um, came my first book, which was not intended to be a book, but you know, when you love something and you do it all the time, you're not always looking for, uh, I don't know, fireworks. You know, you're you're just kind of living life and then things get produced from your passion. So um, not a singer, but I was singing to my daughter. I was making up a poem one day. We were sitting in the rocker and she was very, very little. Mm. And... Um, Yes, Jesus Loves You was born. It was the tune of uh, the old hymn, but then I had redone the words um, for what was meaningful for me and sat down and folded laundry when I was done and wrote another few verses to it and thought, oh my goodness, this is a book. <laughs> hey, maybe I should send this into a publishing house. Um, and then I, and I did, and, and then that's a whole nother crazy story, but... Um, then that was my first publication with books. Well, I'm so glad you did because that's the <laughs> one that was my first children's book illustration job. Um, because it is true, like I had done like these little odd like editorial pieces from everything from the like the little weekly newspapers and to ma- regional magazines and. Um, I just done some little online children's magazines and then I was just like kind of trying to get a portfolio that felt like it fit that market and then I got really lucky because I guess after they they had hired you um and it was ambassador books at the time if I remember right Mm -hmm. um Jennifer Conlon, I believe she was the editor, or she was like the editor art director, and her dad was the publisher. She went to the Society of Children Books, um, Children's Books Writers and Illustrators, and I just placed in their contest for illustration for this drawing that I'd done in pastel. And then she had contacted me in email, and I thought it was like a 
I thought it was a joke. I was like, why would somebody be contacting me because of this contest? I was like, I, I'd never even heard of this um, this publishing house. I And I had to Google it and I had to look, is this for real? And then I replied back to her and then we kind of had that dialogue going on. But it was, um, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. It's a beautifully written story. And I, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed illustrating it because there's a lot of references to nature and just, you know, um, just that the feeling that you get from reading it that, you know, and the musical part of it to it. So it was great. And my son was at that age too, that it was perfect for to read to him. So yeah. it kind of spoke to me in that sense. So it was a wonderful experience. And I, and from that, getting to know you as a author and as a person, I thought that was, that was great too. So it was an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yes. And then you've also written, um, other titles, um, because then it switched over right to <clears throat> Paulus Press. Uh-huh. They got bought out somehow. And then you, because then, <clears throat> um, the next one was the 12 Colorful Things, or was that not mm -hmm. that one? I can't remember now. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to... what, what the order was. I think 12 Colorful Things was second. And then, um, then they wanted another one, so I gave them Rockabye Baby Jesus, which is another one that you can sing um, if you, whether you can or can't sing. Mm -hmm. And those of us like myself that can't really sing, you can still sing it <laughs> to a baby. Um, and then after that came uh, Guardian Angel Publishing, which you had introduced me to, and um, they're an online publisher and and um, Goodbye Gloomies, they published uh, Goodbye Gloomies, <clears throat> if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then you have another book that just recently came out, and I'm holding it. Thank you so much for sending this to me. It's called The Giving Plate, and its mm -hmm. illustrator is uh, Jack Foster. And mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit about the um, about the story and the inspiration for it? Sure, let me think uh well it's a wild ride it's a really crazy story it's different than all the others um it does rhyme of course there's poetry in there but um it's a chapter book um unlike the others it has a lot more words it's more for um not a brand new reader but an early reader like maybe a first grader second grader would enjoy the story um and it tells uh, basically of how to create world peace <laughs> with a plate of muffins. Mm. So, um, and the inspiration, I was trying to remember back where in the world that came from. Um, when I was a, a kid um, walking home from school every day with my neighbors and my sister, yeah. we stopped at a woman's house and I don't even know how this all began, but we would just knock on her door and she would open it up and she had a plate of cookies oh. and, um, and we would take one and say, thank you and go home. And that was a regular thing that the kids oh. did, not just us, but other oh. children went to her house and she handed out cookies to us after school. Oh. And I don't, I don't know her name. I don't mm -hmm. know why she did it, but she had a giving plate. That's really what that was. And um, 
And then I think in college, uh, you know, as most college kids are, I was short on change for Christmas one year and I had this, what I thought was a brilliant idea to give all my friends uh, a plate that I had bought from the dollar store and write on it with a ceramic marker um, and decorate it, the giving plate, and then you bake it and I think it makes the marker permanent. And then I could fill it up with cookies and, and give it to them for a Christmas gift. And and the plan was that they would turn around and and reuse the plate and give it to somebody else and that the plates would make their way around kind of making the world a better place oh, that's so <laughs> as sweet. they travel. Um, and I think that's where yeah. the story came from, from those experiences. Well, that's great. I think those are the best kind as far as for inspiration for one's creative work and stuff. But it's a really um, a very cute story. And I really, um, the illustrator did a great job. I love the bright colors in it and just the, uh, the style of the illustrations. It just really, um, I like the textures that he used too as well. So I think it's a really um, a fun book and it's just really a sweet book um, for, you know, parents to kind of you know, introduce their kids. I mean, even, you know, a parent could read this and, you know, imagine, you know, kind of giving them a, you know, little lessons on life. So it's very sweet. But so is this uh, um, currently available for um, sale somewhere? It is. Uh, you can come to my house. <laughs> but no, it's on Amazon. I just uh, pulled it up on my computer. Oh, right. Um, it is on Amazon. And then if you're interested... You can buy it directly from the publisher, which is uh, at guardianangelpublishing.com. Okay, great. I believe in, you can either look up my name, which um, is difficult for many people to spell, <laughs> or you can just look up the giving plate and it, it, should, it should come up. Great. Well, um, that's just wonderful that you have another book out, and uh, thank you for letting me mention that. Um, we kind of got off a little bit on the questions because uh, it was just interesting talking about some of the other titles that you've written. But um, I wanted to get back to, it sounds like poetry is probably your favorite um, type of writing to do. Is that basically? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, I don't I don't get to do that much, um, really, um, because I, I do write in the evenings. Um, my kids are asleep. Uh, that's what I do in the, at the night, at nighttime, I don't sleep. I'm a mom. So, um, but I write for a couple different companies. Uh, oh, one, wow. um, one I regularly, I quarterly write for it's a children's curriculum for a company called urban ministries. And, um, I love to do that because we get to create games oh, and, neat. um, crafts and, um, even rewrite, you know, songs, come up with songs and ways to learn Bible verses. It's a, a Christian company that's teaching uh, Bible stories to to young kids. Um, and then as well, I'm, I write for an adult app um, called, I think it's called, originally called Joyverse. I think now it's listed as Bible Inspirations. Mm -hmm. And um, neither one of those things really allows me to use poetry much, but you can hear <laughs> in the writing, there's a rhythm. Um, there's a rhythm behind behind everything that I write, but um, 
but not directly poetry. So I kind of, I kind of miss out because there isn't a need for, of, for poetry much um, in the things that I do. Someday. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, and I I loved how um. Oh, what was I thinking of? Oh, lost my thought there for just a second. Um, because uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe it'll come back to me. But it was something about the poetry. Maybe I'll remember in another question. Um, but then, uh, are there any writers that kind of inspired you as you were writing? Other po- you know, poets and things like that that you kind of fell in love with their their work. Um, yes, I, you know, I was thinking of that question earlier, and as a uh, a poet directly, poetry doesn't come to mind when I think of my yeah. favorite writers, believe it yeah. or not. Um, I love, there's three that I can think of that are totally different from one another that I love for different reasons. Um, L.M. Montgomery wrote uh, the Anna Green Gables series, and she is my all-time favorite author I just adore her um love her writing and her descriptions of nature um it is poetry but Mm. it without the rhyme that's really what she is it's novels of poetry about nature and it's beautiful I love her story I was so disheartened when I was a teenager and I went to write her a letter (laughs) to tell her how much I loved her and found out she had passed away many years mm. before. <laughs> um, but she's a favorite. I love um, also, let's see. Oh, Laura Ingalls Wilder mm. is different. She's not poetic, but um, she writes about American history. Um, she's historical fiction. And this, the whole series, the story of her life is uh, just beautifully captivating and she is one of my favorites as well and then way off in another corner (laughs) is c.s lewis who um who wrote children's works that uh, you know the lion the witch and the wardrobe and that whole series but then also he has great uh deep philosophy that i i love as well um that's beautiful in its own way nobody I guess would call these things poetry but but there there is a real like math to the his stories and um and his thinking his philosophy Mm -hmm. is real orderly and um I don't know poetic in a metaphorical Mm -hmm. sense something like you know he's he's wonderful but uh those are probably my three favorite authors they're all old time people <laughs> yeah but they're classics and I will agree um I loved Anna Green Gables I I read the books when I was I, I think it was my younger sister she was reading them and she's like you've got to read this and I was like really okay so I tried it out I was probably by then I was either in middle school maybe by the time I kind of caught on and then um I loved the when they actually made it into the tv series it's the older one, not the new one. Though the new one's not bad that they did on, I saw it, I think, on Netflix or something like that. But I like mm-hmm. the older one, and they made it into a TV series. And I just, yeah, I just really love the imagery. I love that, you know, it, really good characters and just the things that that girl would, the character would do, I would just, Anne would do. And you're just like, 
I can relate to that. I feel her pain. I know what it's like to be the goofball, the oddball. I feel like I just, you know, you don't always fit in. And so, yeah, really delightful stories. Now, I have not, um, I think I did read one of the Little House on the Prairie. It's been forever. And then C.S. Lewis, I do think I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but it was, I was probably... It was a little over my head, I think. Sometimes I was like, there seems to be a deeper meaning here, but I'm not quite. I think I was in like middle school when I tried to read it. And I was like, yeah. um, but it, it's really, you know, it was, it was really interesting. They're adult books. Um, his stuff is super deep. And he apparently was friends with Tolkien. Mm. Um, his stories were too deep for me to read, but I enjoyed his movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, and there was one other one. I think they used to eat together uh, and meet regularly and talk about their writing. And they're all wonderful artists. Wonderful. So I wanted to ask about, oh, now I remember my question, the piano book. Because you also wrote an actual instructional piano book. And it's geared to, um, like, you know, beginning piano um, players and students. So how did you go about that? Like, I mean, I was like, and then... Where did your, because I wonder if that ties in with your love of poetry, the music, you know, because that's something that you've carried throughout your life. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. I didn't think to put the two together, but really, I guess it, they do go together. Poetry and music are, um, you know, definitely paired. Um, when my curls were very little, my older ones were really little, um, I actually, because of one of the uh, first books I, I wrote, which we didn't even, I didn't even bring up. I completely forgot. Um, but I have a couple craft books I had oh. written for, um, David C. Cook. Okay. And, um, they, instead of paying out a royalty, they paid me uh, a fee to write the book. They, or they paid me a commission, I guess, to write the book. And I took the money that I made because at that time our kids were little and we didn't have big crazy bills <laughs> and I bought a piano wow. and uh, um, it was a used one but a good used piano and I thought I want my girls to learn to play oh. and and in thinking through how to teach them came up with um, a simple way to make um, piano notes very uh, visual mm. uh, they're by the front door. Sorry. No <laughs> um, sorry. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> Commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, let's see what were we talking about. That's okay. The piano book, oh, and the then how you were books. getting to yeah. make it visual for for them. Um, so yeah, I, I it started with them, and uh, trying to explain how how something that is. I mean, really, for a child learning the alphabet and numbers, it all just marks on paper. Mm -hmm. Why can't they? we just rearrange those marks in the shape of notes and teach them to understand how the notes fit together mm -hmm. and how to look at them on the keyboard? And so the piano book uh, was born from that, um, taking each key from the very first set of notes that you learn in the treble clef and turning them into animals that relate to where they are, what they look like and where they are on the keyboard. Um, and um, 
and then we use certain colors for certain animals and it we would draw them on the fingers mm. and um, oh cute yeah just as a way to make it more uh visual uh -huh. um and I've been in music lessons since, since I was uh, a kid. Okay. I didn't actually start. I, st I learned piano, I think, on my own at wow. home, I, um, actually. But I picked up guitar when I was about seven. Wow. So I've had just um, lessons since I was little uh -huh. and, um, and didn't realize how difficult an instrument could be until I met my husband and realized he can play by ear, but he has no idea what the notes are it's really a language reading music is a a language and um it's so easy when you've been brought up with it so i wanted to make it easy again and um and i think i did mm -hmm. i think in about an hour if i could just get a video out in about an hour mm -hmm. i could teach anybody to play wow. like really play and really? honestly understand what they're playing um wow. at least uh the first octave of the treble clef Wow. And then give me another hour. I could teach you the bass clef, and you can put them all together. <laughs> oh wow! Um, that's essentially what I do with my students, and and they can play. I've got little yeah. kids that they can play, that's really awesome. play. My daughter is five, and she can play. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That's yeah. great. I find it a very abstract concept because of what you're saying about like because what you're seeing on the sheet music, and then translating it to on a keyboard or a guitar. That it's really, yeah, it's very challenging for some of us. I'm not musically gifted, and so I, I find it, you know, it can be, you know, it can be overwhelming. And so that the fact that you were able to find a way to make that, um, gear that to a young, uh, young student like that, that's fantastic. It's fun. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a an awesome job. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, um, my next question is how do you stay so motivated? You're busy running your own, um, you know, piano instruction business. You have your books, you're a mom, um, a wife. I mean, like all those things like that balance and that drive. I mean, that amazes me, Heather, that you, I, I find it very overwhelming when I start getting too many things in the air. And how do you do this? What, what, is there like a schedule in your head mentally that you like, or compartmentalize? What's your secret? Yeah. Oh gosh. It isn't coffee. I'll tell you, I don't drink coffee. Um, my husband warned me against that. <laughs> uh, cause I would be up and down with being tired. So, um, no, I, I don't know. I, I maybe I have adult onset um, ADHD. <laughs> um, no, I still get tired and I still have to sleep and I've been much better with uh, trying to get eight hours than I, I used to be. But um, it's all about lists. So I live off of a list. This is my notebook, which nobody oh, can see, but it's, yeah. I walk around with a pad of paper. Uh-huh. That, I guess that's the mark of some of us writers out there. Um, I, computer's great. My computer looks like it's been attacked by Godzilla. It's like falling apart. But paper is always right. <laughs> so I carry a notepad up the stairs, down the stairs, anywhere I go in the car. And I'm scribbling my list of things I have to do. And then all throughout the day, Every other thing I think of that comes in, um, yeah, I live off my list because my memory is gone. So 
um, but list making is important. <laughs> oh, that's great advice. I do the lists too. I'm not, I don't know, like sometimes I'll be really good at it and then I'll kind of get off track on doing the list thing. Um, so I've definitely had to do that more since I started my um, graduate classes. So now I have like a calendar and I have to like, like really focus and like, I got to get this done. So that that's mm -hmm. um, helpful to know that that's how you juggle all of that. Because that's like, you know, you're running your own business when you're, you're teaching music. And then really, once again, you're running your own business when you're, a, you know, a writer. Um, that's one of the things that I found that I didn't realize when you say, I'm going to become an illustrator. I was like, you're basically <laughs> running your own business. And you're like, how do right. you do all of this? And like most people who are working independently as like um, freelancers or contracted um, workers, you know, you don't have anybody else to say, hey, can you cover for me? Can you do this? <laughs> and you're, right. you're like, you're, it's up to you to get the work done. So right. yeah, that's fantastic yeah, that you do all of that. And um, that you're also, yeah, I am so motivated to get all that done. Yeah, I have no problems with the eight-hour sleep. I can get that done easily, so I don't have issues with that. Yeah, I know. Same here. There's no insomnia. When I hit the pillow, I'm down. Yeah. So I was wondering, in your, um, since you're basically just, you keep your pad of um, paper with you, you're, you're um, you know, using that to write. Is there any other, like... I think indispensable tool that you that you use as a writer. Um, my chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> my chair that's been scratched up by kitty cats. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had this chair since we moved into this house like fifteen years ago, and it's it's well loved, and everybody knows it's mommy's chair. So oh. <laughs> if I have my house coat on and uh. And I'm in this chair. I'm in the mode I can sit and write as long as it's quiet, oh. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm not frustrated with, you know, a pile of clothes or or whatever else. Mm -hmm. If I can be at rest, at peace, I can sit and write. Um, frustration doesn't work well with a writer. If you're upset, you know, with your kids because they're not doing their homework or they're fighting, I can't write. Uh, I, my mind has to be at at peace, and that doesn't happen every night sometimes I just um the night ends and I have to go to bed but um but my chair if I have my chair and I have a pencil <laughs> and a notepad or my crazy broken computer um that's all I need yeah. some quiet <laughs> that's true I mean like I even though I do digital art my my sketchbook and I've just been you know, I don't know. It's just like sometimes it's written notes. Sometimes it's just like thumbnail sketches of whatever I want to work on. So I, I hear you. And I, I like these smaller sketchbooks that I can just throw the thing on there and then I can put it in my purse or wherever. So, yes, having that because technology, though, man, I love it. But it's like when it's not working, it's such mm -hmm. a so it can be like it's like, oh, so frustrating. So that's right. <laughs> So the next thing I wanted you to, you know, the next question I have for you is like, is there something that you now have learned as a writer through all the years of experience that you wish you could go back into a, in a time machine and tell yourself when you were first starting out as a writer? Um, you know, I, 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 
I appreciate you gave me some of your questions earlier because I thought about that and I thought, was there anything I would have wanted to have known? Um, I feel like I was, um, I guess lucky isn't the right word. I feel like I was blessed to have so many pieces of information given to me at the right times early on that um, I knew what I needed. I, uh, I think if somebody really wants to pursue like fame, then um, if I had wanted to, to become famous, then there would have been other advice I would have needed to know, like uh, you got to lay down uh, your family and you have to lay down your other jobs and distractions and you have to promote yourself like crazy. Mm-hmm. That's the way if you want to become famous as a writer, you have to be your own advertiser. Um, but I never wanted that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm just a small town um, uh, author, I guess. Um, and early on, what I had been told through um, my my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law actually wrote a book about writing letters of all things um way back and uh she knowing that I was interested in writing had told me how to create a cover letter which is something you need uh to to be able to do well in order to get the attention of a publishing house you can have the best book but if you don't present it well um in a short fashion in a nice letter then um, it, it won't go anywhere. Mm. So she had told me the writer's market is like the Bible for um, for a writer. And knowing that book and how to write a cover letter was enough. And then that good advice to pursue magazines, um, the writer's market will tell give you a list of um, uh, the current magazines and what they're looking for as well. And so if you have that book, and the ability to write a, a good letter, um, that's what you need. That's really all you need. And and um, I knew those things early on, so that was a huge help. When you're just shooting in the dark, you know, um, with any job. Um, but uh, if you have some, some basic foundational tools when you first start to do something, uh, that's really helpful. And that was enough, just knowing that. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that bit of advice. I think, um, and I also use that book as far as for illustration too. Um, I would send out, I would look because they also had the illustrators uh, submission guidelines and who was taking submissions. And then I would go back onto the publisher's website because it would be listed in the book. And then I would just be, are they still, you know, it still looks like it's current in there. there? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And do things matching up? Are they still taking submission, unsolicited submissions? So, yeah, I think there is a possibility, even if you're, if you don't have an agent, I think it's, it's probably, I think maybe a little bit tougher now. I don't know, in ways, in certain ways, but then I think it's easier in some aspects because of social media now that you can promote yourself. Like you said, um, the marketing aspect of um, being a writer, if you want to really, you know, get yourself out there. Um, that's not my favorite part either. <laughs> I really, I, uh, you know, but uh, it's um, sometimes just something to, you know, to get your voice to, you know, um, kind of stand out. So all of that is great advice. So the last question is kind of a deep question. And I ask all of my um, guests this is at the end of your life, 
you've written all the picture books that you've wanted, and you've lived a full life, if there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note you've written with three final truths, what would those truths be? Hmm. I know. I wish I, I had thought about it longer because I mm. think there's a million things I could Aww. say. <laughs> but I'll tell you the first three that came to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so what does this say about myself? <laughs> uh, the first would be um, follow your heart when you choose your job. Don't pick a job to make money. Pick mm -hmm. a job because it's what you have been made to do, what you are called to do. And I think everybody is created with passions and interests and abilities that enable them to do a certain job. And, and don't just fill up a seat or a cubby somewhere unless that's what you're called to do and you feel that's where you need to be. I really believe you spend so much of your time working. That work is life. A lot of your life, got to make sure you're doing what you are called to do. So that would be number one. <laughs> um, number two would probably be uh, don't let money make the big decisions in your life. Um, you know, what, whatever that whatever those big decisions are, don't let money decide things for you. Um, and then third, I would say, uh, don't leave God out of your life. Go with him. Go with God every day because you need him, um, especially if you're a parent <laughs> and you have kids. Your kids need him. You need him. You cannot do life alone even if you have a great spouse and I have a great spouse um you still need supernatural help you need that and that's what I would say oh well thank you that's really you know all of that is very insightful and I just I I always find that everybody you know their answers are you know everybody's answer is a little bit different but there's always that positivity to two things and I really enjoy how everybody you know answers that last question so um, but thank you so much Heather for being on my podcast and um, I am going to um, post some information about Heather's books on my blog so if you're interested in um, purchasing any of her books or reading more about what Heather's done it'll be in the description box for this podcast and also on the blog post um, so thank you again, Heather, and, um, you know, uh, continue with your happy writing because, you know, you're a very talented <laughs> writer, and I feel very blessed that I got to um, got to illustrate your work. And so, yeah. I so hope we get you. to do another one soon. That's my, my, my hope. Because you've got a lot of beautiful stories, and I go like, oh, they're just all so great. <laughs> just, it's fantastic. But, but thank you again, thank you. and, and um, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. All right, and thank you everybody for listening to my creative life.